Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Redefining Security podcast. Have you ever thought that we are selling cybersecurity insincerely, buying it indiscriminately, and deploying it ineffectively? Perhaps we are. So let's look at how we can organize a successful InfoSec program that integrates people, process, technology, and culture to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. Asgardia by WSO2 is a developer-focused identity and access management solution. Offered as Identity as a Service, or IDAS, Asgardio by WSO2 creates seamless login experiences to your apps in minutes. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Marco. Sean, can you imagine you and I trying to write a book? No, we, we make no sense. <laughs> there's, there's always that part, but uh, Plus, who will yeah. buy it? Who and there's that. Why would we bother? Uh, no. We don't have anything to say anyway. But uh, uh, I'm just thinking. I mean, we do a lot together, but writing a book, even on your own, is challenging. Two oh, people. Tell me about it. I've been going Super, at it for the been... past 25 years, and I still not there. <laughs> you're almost. You're almost ready to start. Exactly. Now. Now think about, I don't know, maybe maybe our guests will tell us, but think about 18 or 19 people coming together and writing a book. And it, it makes me, I'm a visual person, so it makes me think of some of the, uh, the music composition that came uh, over the last couple of years where you, you had a drummer and a, and a percussionist and a, and a flutist and a flautist, maybe. Is that the right word? And... Uh, Somebody who plays a saxophone, saxophonist. Anyway, a bunch of people come together on Zoom and they create something magical, right? Each with their own part. And together it tells a story. And uh, that's that's what we're going to talk about today. Not music, but a book. And uh, it's in the wheelhouse of cybersecurity and maybe perhaps even the broader broader view of technology as well. And we have three of the authors uh, that are part of the 19 author tribe, if you will, that uh, they wrote a book, Marco. Yeah, they wrote a book, and I think it's an excellent idea to have as many 
writers as this because it's about representing diversity. So why not having a ton of different opinion and presentation and perspective on this? But again, I, I think that what is fantastic of, about this conversation is actually one of the authors is one good friend, also host of a couple of shows on ITSP magazine, Angela Marafino. And she's going to co-host with us. So we're taking a little bit of pressure out of this. She already knows, <laughs> obviously, about the book. And uh, Angela, welcome to the show. We're going to let you introduce the guests. How about that? Oh, nice. Hi, Sean. Yeah. Hi, Marco. Good to be here. Yeah, so I'll introduce everyone. Um, we have Jasmine Henry and Dr. Meg Layton, two of my... I, I am... They are... I am fa a fan of both of them. I was going to say two of my biggest fans, but that's definitely not the way that it is. Um, it goes both ways, so it's fine. Okay. Maybe two. <laughs> so uh, I would say if you don't know who Dr. Meg is, you need to. And, and I will also say Jasmine is the brainchild behind this book. So I will let them talk a little bit about that. So Jasmine, want to start off? Sure. Um, I'm Jasmine Henry. I am a security director at Jupiter One. Um, I contributed a chapter to Reinventing Cybersecurity, our book. Um, and I was also executive editor, which I think means that I played a big role in sort of relationship management and overall editorial strategy, but I'm not terribly great at line edits. That was outsourced to a professional. And I'm Dr. Meg Layton. Um, I had a chapter in the book and I'm a big fan of both Jasmine and Angela. So there you go. <laughs> I am a director of security architecture and engineering for children's national hospital in Washington, DC. Nice. And um, so I'm going to kick it into gear. I mean, uh, th th this is such a, such a cool thing. And I have to start by saying that I'm a, a, a big fan of the name of the book because here we are in redef redefining cybersecurity channel uh, talking about reinventing cybersecurity the book and so let's let's start there what in the name and uh, for those who are, who are listening Angela's holding up a copy of the book stick starting with the name perhaps um, what was the goal for the book did 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 you come up with the name and and then the book kind of came or did it did it, did it other way around or how did that all come about uh, the name and the form of the book is is really a, a byproduct of the community of authors. I think that my original vision for the book was a little bit different than than what it became. Um, you know, I was initially thinking of calling it "Reinventing Cybersecurity: Tales of Rebellion and Resistance." Um, however, I realized that the kind of cohesive theme across our stories was a lot quieter than Scorched Earth. Um, I also originally envisioned that um, the book was going to be a book about security, a highly technical book that just so happened to be by women and non-binary authors. Um, and I realized that it is it is very difficult to talk about what we do and how we do it without also talking about identity, um, kind of having that intersectional lens. So it is, it is a book about security written through uh, a lens that acknowledges identity. Which in itself is reinventing uh security both in the process and uh in the industry as well right obviously we it's a 
a, a challenge we continue to face, uh, equality throughout uh, the, the roles that we're looking to fill. So is this, you said it's highly technical. Um, maybe a, a view of kind of the flow of the book. Is there, is there a storyline through it or is it a collection of stories with, you mentioned a common theme. Um, is our folks to use it as a, as a reference or kind of, kind of talk through what you, what you think the readers will do going through the, the content. So I think, um, you know, Jasmine kind of presented it out to us authors and then we sort of, everybody took it in a different direction. Um, it, it was my experience with it, which I really, really loved. So it is a collection of stories, but it celebrates this journey. Um, some of us are older, some of us are newer in the industry. Some, you know, we all had these kind of different perspectives with where we were in our, our journey in cybersecurity and that informs kind of our next steps, but we're also using it to kind of let other people learn from our experiences, I would say, and, and recognize and empathize if those are not the experiences you have, it certainly helps inform your journey all the way along. So um, I personally took them in pieces because it was an opportunity to learn more about the community about around me and the people I was interacting with. And it just turned into this kind of huge celebration. Most of us are still in kind of the Slack channels and celebrate each other when we have these little wins. And it's this super supportive group of people now <laughs> that know each other through this, right? Um, it's not like we met each other at work each day, but we have this shared experience of creating this book together. Um, and so that's why I took it very, very individually, whether every reader will do that or they'll kind of read it and take away, here's where I am in the journey, here's where I might consider going next. Um, hopefully some of them are, like look at my chapter and think, oh, I need to make my discussion of security a little more accessible to the general public um, because I do a lot of talking about making um, cybersecurity kind of everybody's responsibility and how important it is to be able to talk at that level to, to folks along the way. Um, so I think it, it's been my experience. People will, everybody has something to take away from the book, but they have to find it, I guess is what I would say. I would agree with that. Um, I don't, we didn't have like the breakdown of the three sections like ahead of time or anything um, that came after editing and, and right. Everyone responsible for the layout, like reading the chat and can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Yeah. Okay. We, and we're um, going to blame the cat on it. I, no, she's nowhere near it. You know, <laughs> messing stuff up, but not that. Um, <laughs> So it's broken down into reinventing our future, reinventing what we do, and reinventing who we are. And my chapter happens to be in the who we are section. So when people say, it depends on the context, but like mine, my chapter is a, a different outlook on imposter syndrome and how we address that and things I think should change. But um, it depends on the conversation. So if I start it with that uh, information, they're like, well, what's the name of the book? And it, and then I say reinventing cybersecurity and they're like, how did you get there? Or if I start off with, Hey, I contributed to a book, it's called reinventing cybersecurity. Then I break down the sections to kind of like tell people, okay, these are the sections you could take a section, 
right? Based on where you're at now and where you want to go. Um, or you can kind of take learnings from the third section and doesn't even have to be related to cybersecurity necessarily. Um, there's still learnings you could take away, but I think that's kind of all of them have something you could take away, but still, right. Just noting that there's something in it for everyone and breaking it down a little bit is kind of typical for what I do when I talk about it to others. So I think at the core of this, if I understand it, of course, uh, everybody coming with a different perspective, as I said at the beginning, but also because this book is about diversity, right, in the industry. So I like the idea, if I understand well, that there wasn't really, really much coordination, like it's kind of like come as you are, right? Bring what is relevant to you and make a statement about that. And I think that that's exactly maybe what the perception should be, the experience of who reads it. Like, it's not a structured story. It's just like a lot of different thoughts and it is up to the reader to put it together. And I'm just guessing this. So my question actually is, tell me about the cover, Jasmine, because I'm looking at the cover, I think is really cool. How did you come up with uh, that creative concept and how it does, you know, the cover is very important in a book. It's help you to choose if you want to read it or not, if you want to commit to it. So. To me, it says a lot, but I'd like to know what's the creative input for that. We had a we had a cover brainstorming session. Yeah. <laughs> to be fully transparent, Jasmine was like, "Let's get together and talk about this." Um, I want to know how that went. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and it I wine. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. I. I kept at that time, I don't know if we still had the original title or if I just kept it in my head. So when we were discussing things, I was definitely like sort of cyberpunk person that you can't really tell if it's a man or a woman or non-binary individual because this is for everybody, um, so, but also something really cool. And we found one really cool and it was a, a person from Ukraine, but we couldn't get in touch with them. So then Jasmine went on a hunt to find the perfect artist. Yeah. And how did you present it to the artist? Um, well, I had some, some inspiration cover art um, and I described the project and the fact that um, I acknowledged that it was very difficult to to create a piece of art that represented a, a large you know diverse group of authors um, so the cover art is actually by a Ukrainian woman artists commission her name is Lena Semenkova she's immensely talented um, and so I kind of came to her you know with with this this desire to you know represent a very diverse group of authors um, I, I asked her to include some hot pink and, and some blues. I gave her a couple color codes. <laughs> um, and also kind of the, the cyberpunk theme that Angela had, had identified during that brainstorming session. And I was really happy with what she came back with since, you know, there's nothing in stock art websites, databases that is going to represent a huge diverse group. Uh, but I think this art is much closer. And what we inclusive. we love, like I think everybody in the book just loves the the cover because it makes us feel very real. Like there's a couple bags under your eyes, you got a big bandage on the. Like this is how we feel. <laughs> we sort of all we're still surviving, but we sort of all feel that way. And when I said something like that to someone, they were like, "Wow, what a great cover!" And I said, "Yeah, this is the way we feel." They're like, really? I just looked at it and thought, wow, that's really badass. Like, <laughs> like they had a totally different perspective than those of us that live it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll take that. 
right? It also uh, reminds me. Sorry, Marco, go ahead. No, no, go, Angela, go. It also reminds me of like going into a really cool modern RPG game and creating your own character and the process of like creating a character for like an hour. Yep. And, no. and you're like tweaking the eye color and the eye shape and the hair and all of the things. And it, to me, I'm like, anybody could make this avatar and it's well, for anybody. My question would be, when is the comic book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. I want to see this character you know, in, in in the story and and how he's representing all of you. But of course, now I don't want to put uh, push on other things. Tell put me ideas about, in Jasmine's head. <laughs> well, I've been trying to convince an employer to let me do a a, a comic okay, strip see? for for years. However, it's a lot of work, and I can't draw. So really well, now, now you have the artist. I don't know. You can get all the stories that from the book, and those are chapter. But okay, I'm going ahead of my time. Let's talk about this book. So you, you were all working separately, but together. And then when when you look at this book at the end and you read it, when it's all done, it's kind of like when you make a movie. The actors usually don't see the movie until it comes out, and they're like, "Okay, came out good." You know, the the edited final part. How did you feel? about this and how the other author where you're like, okay, you really came together from such a different perspective again. Would you have done something different, maybe? I would not actually change anything about my approach other than probably being a little less neurotic throughout the entire process, which <laughs> is generally my experience when I look back on things. Yeah, I agree. I thought, like, we were given kind of um, a form and a time frame. And I'd say, like, that was just enough guidance for me to get where I needed to go. I had Jasmine come back and been like, we have another three to six months. It would have turned out completely differently, but I don't think it would have been as good because I was allowed to keep focus for, for what I needed to keep focus with. And again, there was this collaboration going on with all of us remotely where we would, I remember saying to somebody at some point, I've been reading other people's chapters and now I think maybe I didn't swear enough in mine. <laughs> like it was one of these things where, where other people were kind of informing some of the choices I was choosing to make and, you know, it was one of those things where where I was trying to figure out, okay, was that, like, did I go far enough or did I go too far? But it, writing in particular for me is one of those things, like, if I obsess about it long enough, like, I will, I'll never end. So I thought, you know, the process itself was one of those things that I was really happy was done the way it was for that reason. Agreed, right? Like, writing, it doesn't matter what you write about, writing is an art. Um, and with any art, if you, it's never finished, like right. you may think it's good, it's it's good, but you could continue to tweak it. There's things that I, at some point, I was like, I don't want to read this again. My chapter, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to look at it. And then now coming back, I'm like, I wish I added this part. I wish I shared a little bit of this. There's things I would have added in, but at the same time, I could do that forever. So <laughs> having a deadline is imperative. So talking about the, somebody mentioned experience and I think each of us, and it's represented in the, the cover as you were all describing uh, how you viewed the, the cover image. 
I, I can see somebody in that image trying to protect themselves. Um, perhaps a different view is somebody on a mission, right, to do something good. Um, and I can spend hours just analyzing that. And then you can see different people and different ways of thinking and everything in that image, which brings me to the wealth of knowledge that came from all the all the authors, right? I, I believe there are analysts and practitioners and CISOs and, and everything in between. Um, Jasmine, I don't know if you can kind of share who, we, we obviously have you three on, but uh, who are the rest of the crew that, uh, that helped make this come together? Sure. Um, Tracy Bannon, a senior principal software architect and DevOps advisor at MITRE Corporation. Brianne Boland, product security engineer at Gusto. Amy Devers, Chief of Staff at Jupiter One, Evie Jaya, who is a Cybersecurity Assurance and Risk Analyst at Jupiter One, uh, Lanye Ford, CEO at Arlo, Allison Snipe Gennato, CEO at um, Snipe IT, Lisa Hall, CISO at Keller, uh, Rachel Harpley, Talent Advisor, InfoSec IT Security and Cybersecurity at USC, uh, Joyous Huggins, uh, founder of Hack Joyously, uh, Ashley Lee, Senior Marketing Manager at Jupiter One, Lothamar Puri, CISO at Uber, Rin Oliver, Technical Community Builder, um, now Software Engineer at US Bank, Carlotta Sage, VCSO at Fractional CISO, Colleen Shane, Senior Network Security Engineer at Quick Quack Car Wash, Aubrey Stern, uh, who is a self-employed interim CTO, and Carla Sun, Security Engineer at Gusto. Wow. I didn't expect the CEOs, which is really cool. <laughs> I love that. And I, I'm like totally interested to get their perspective on this. And another, another question I had for you, and I don't know if each of you want to chime in here. I'm kind of going on that experience thing again to share a story. Um, not to just say, here's what I've done and, and this worked for me and this is one path you can follow. But I, I presume the author has also opened up a bit, became a bit vulnerable, mm-hmm. uh, and shared things that that are about them and, and the way they think and how they do their jobs, which may not be like anybody else or everybody else, certainly. Um, do you feel that you kind of opened up yourself uh, and, and made yourself vulnerable in, in the stories that you shared? And I don't know if you have any insight to the, to the other authors as well. Um, I think that there is a a thread of vulnerability uh, because again, you know, we're kind of sharing how our experiences have shaped our approach to work along with culture, education, other factors, you know, a couple really powerful examples of that kind of vulnerability in the book is that uh, Colleen Shane shares very, very openly about how her job searching experiences changed um, uh, when, when she transitioned um, and how, uh, Perhaps she got more responses to resumes that had a, a male name on it than her female name. Uh, another example would be Allison Snipe Gennato, who who witnessed some really just awful animal abuse, um, which led her into animal advocacy and infosec because she was part of the kind of forensics and OSINT team that that helped bring down an NFL player for dog fighting. I'll just say yeah, that my chat. Yeah. My chapter is literally my story about getting into cybersecurity um, and things that I did or didn't do along the way. Um, and then it transitions into 
what imposter syndrome looks like within tech cybersecurity um, and how much it's increased in the talking about it over the past few years um, and how the conversations really change. I think the fact that it is my story about me is obviously vulnerable, but I also, it makes me question the vulnerability in that, like, am I giving good advice because this is just one person's perspective. So I typically, if I talk to anyone or present about my chapter and the book in general, I preface it with, I come from this background. I had these advantages. I am a middle-class white woman, right? Like um, I know that others struggle more or less. Uh, so it is right. It's like, I hope that it's beneficial to see the perspective that I shared, but also knowing that it won't solve all the problems. Well, and I agree. I think that the, the sharing that the authors did for vulnerability was very interesting to me. Colleen's chapter in particular, like she talked a lot about um, DEF CON and Black Cat from 2019. And I was at that. And I had taken my kids with me. So I was immersed in that world from the perspective of being a parent. And her perspective was co so completely different that it was really interesting to me to be able to look at it through that lens and kind of reevaluate some things that were happening in my truth um, because I had my teenage daughter with me and my teenage son and kind of like that my lens was so completely different that it was one of those things that I had, I actually went to them and was like, Hey, do you remember these, these parts? Like what was your perspective? Because then I was, it became super interested in other people's perspectives of things. Right. And kind of where they were at in their life. Um, and I think when I talk about empathy, that very much reflects Angela's statement. Like, again, I'm, came from, we'll call it a lower class, <laughs> white woman, but I'm a little bit older and I have these other experiences of raising teens in a digitally aware world, which let's face it was not a thing when, you know, I was growing up in the seventies, like my perspective is completely different, right? Kind of thing. Um, but it, it does, it does me well to step back and remember that and, um, I talked about this a little bit, I think, uh, on my ParentCakesCon talk, like somebody who can deliver a message about what getting into the industry is like for them today is so much of value to me because those are not experiences I have. You know, I got into the industry 30 years ago. My experience is way less relevant to new people now because they'll never be in that position. They'll never be pre 9-11. You know, they'll never be on wired networks that, you know, very much were defined end to end. Like they're never going to have that experience today. Um, whereas me being able to hire people who and understand where they are and what kind of world they're coming from is so valuable. Yeah, I love that. I love that perspective. And it makes me think about when you write a book, you, you start with a why, right? I mean, it's like, why do I do this? And I normally think you also envision your ideal reader or audience if you're doing a podcast or an audible. And you, you, you think like, okay, I'm writing for these 
category of person or this is my objective. But sometimes then the, the final product, and I'm imagine, especially when there is so many different hands and brains in coming to this, maybe something different. And maybe you're appealing to the audience that you were even thinking you were going to. But I'm curious to know, like, was there like a brief that says this is for the new people that come in the industry or, and I'm thinking it could bo go both way, it's for the people who have been in the industry for a long time and maybe it's time for them to freaking change by reading this and realize <laughs> what they're doing wrong and what they could do to make things better. So uh, love your opinion on this. So I think it's both. I, I, again, I don't think it's a one or the other. I think mm -hmm. the world is changing such that recognizing different perspectives only makes us stronger. And the reality is everybody is defined by their personal experiences. And just being able to, to um, relate those experiences and somehow make that connection makes the world stronger and makes us understand why we're doing what we're doing and what we're doing to protect cybersecurity and why that's important to everyone. I don't remember there being a time where we were like briefed on this is our audience, focus on the audience. I think Jasmine basically was reaching out to people who she thought had something to say and then confirmed, do you want to say what you have to say <laughs> okay cool go for it um knowing that right this is open to everyone and we don't have a pinpointed audience but when you right. were writing sorry uh jasmine that angela when you were writing who were you picturing holding that book like for me person? personally yeah legitimately you. everyone <laughs> i'm like everyone needs okay. to know this, whether you agree okay. with me or not yeah all right fair enough Cool. Sorry, Jasmine, go ahead. Yeah, um, so I will say that um, I had definitely some kind of audience conversations internally with my employer who, who graciously um, sponsored this, this project and something that I had to defend and very carefully edit toward was, was ensuring that every chapter had value for mid to senior level folks. Um, I believe that's true. Um, so I think that mid to senior level folks who are trying to understand, you know, different perspectives to create more inclusive environments was perhaps primary audience. Amazon reviews indicate that a lot of individuals trying to break in um, also have gotten a lot of value from the book. Um, and I also want to share a quote that I actually emailed to the authors one Friday when we were all kind of in crunch mode and really tired. Um, that is maybe the overarching why behind the project, uh, which is no black woman writer in this culture can write too much. No woman writer can write too much. No woman has ever written enough. And that's from Bell Hooks. Love it. Love it. And I'm, I don't know why I'm sticking with experience, but I'm going to stick with experience again. Cause um, there, there was an ex excerpt uh, posted by uh, Lafa uh, and, it shows her path as a visual of her path. And it, it seems, I mean, she starts as an engineer and I'm just wondering, um, to me, that seems to be the natural path into cybersecurity, some, some technical entry point. Um, we've spoken to many on, on our podcast that don't come from 
an engineering or a technical background, um, InfoSec Sherpa, for example, coming from a, a librarian background. Um, do you have any, can you share any authors that didn't enter this field from that place? Angela just raised her hand. Uh, <laughs> Angela, do you have a degree in, is it, is it fine arts? Yeah, fine arts and then pre-law and then really questioned my life and what I was doing and why I was doing it for like the second or third time. Um, anyone else? I'm not sure. Um, so I share a Marcus political science background as well. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But again, it was the 90s, like tech degree. It wasn't really a thing. I was a political science major and I went to work for profit. And they were like, afraid of computers. How about we send you to school and you learn something technical? Okay. <laughs> but that's not a journey I would expect people to be able to do now. Like it was very much this right now important because not enough people know about technology. We have two authors, um, Evie and Brianne, who are both um, boot camp grads. Um, Brianne's a former editor, and Evie's initial plan was um, fashion. Uh, Rin's original kind of education path was in PR. Um, so there is a number of, you know, different backgrounds. There's also authors who discuss kind of their military pathway, which, you know, I think is a fairly traditional cybersecurity pathway, as well as their, you know, decision to not do traditional higher ed. And I think we need all of these perspectives. So what, what will be the, again, I'm, I'm just going to generalize, but with 19 authors, it's hard to, to, to find a, a linear path to here, but what will be the biggest lesson, the most important lesson, maybe that the people could get from from a, reading a book like this? And given everybody's going to make their own mind, but success for this book, like what what is this uh, reinvention all about? Jasmine, you have something you want to say? I'm gonna I'm gonna give a good I'm gonna give a quote. Sure. That I <laughs> I'm going to give it after you, you say what you want to say. Yeah, because I want to hear both and, and, and Meg when um, she come back. Yeah, I think that Lotha has a fantastic quote in her chapter about how you have to be very intentional about, uh, about diversity, about talent, and about the kind of team culture you're creating. And I think that is the, uh, the key takeaway is that all of us, you know, authors, and I think many of our readers are, are very aware um, as Angela put it, that there's others who have faced more and less adversity and that, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion and equity are not accidents. They are, you know, the, the byproduct of very deliberate work on ourselves and in our organizations. I would say, and then I'm going to see if Meg has something to add. I would say that there's never not a time where you can reinvent yourself or where you have a lesson to learn. So as Jasmine mentioned earlier, right? The reader that is supposed to be in this category of like main aim for audience, doesn't matter where you lie within that um, spectrum. There's something that you can take away from every perspective, whether it's similar to yours or not, whether the background is the same as yours or not, right? And maybe you've gone through the same situation and had a different outcome and you start to read and you say, right, well, oh yeah, I've already encountered this. 
don't stop there. Like continue to see how this person handled it and take it as a lesson learned that then you don't have to learn in the future or um, a new way to write combat, whatever hurdle it may be next time. Meg? Left mute. I don't know if you guys can hear me. We can hear you. Yes. Yes. You can hear me? Okay. <laughs> um, I agree. I, I think where you are today in your journey is not where you're going to be tomorrow. It's very much a growth thing. So this is one of those books you would pick up over and over and over again, in my view, because the lens you look at it will be different. Um, and so if you remember that, there's always something to pick up kind of next in life. I, I use this analogy about and I talk about identities with my teens that, you know, for a long time I was Meg and then I went, you know, and I got married and then I became Mrs. Layton and then I had kids. And for a long time, I'm positive nobody knew my name. I'm positive they knew me as George and Katie's mom. And that was like all this, that was how everybody knew me, right? And and it was one of the, like, that's a journey you're on and it's okay because, you know, the next day you're something different. Um, and I don't see it as these experiences only inform where I'm t- today. They're going to inform you over and over and over again. And you're going to take something different away from it um, wherever you are in kind of your journey. I think um, perhaps as we, we start to wrap, I don't know if there's maybe we can get a final final thought from folks if they have something else they want to add. I, I just want to say that kind of to your point, Meg, it's, it's a constant learning, right? Um, based on the experience you had yesterday, you're going to learn something new today and then tomorrow something different based on your experience today. But the other thing that I'm taking from this, which it really strikes me with the number of authors, is your experience impacts others, right? What you do with your experience, how you think about it, and then the changes you make to your own little space impacts others and that kind of goes to what jasmine was saying as well um this isn't about just reinventing yourself and your own reinventing cybersecurity mindset but it's doing it in a way that's purposeful and meaningful for an environment that is uh, supportive of others giving them a space to to grow and think and explore their own journey right and by sharing yours you're hopefully giving them some ideas and insights that might help them, but also giving them a space, space, safe space to have their own experience as they take that journey. That's for me, that's the, the big takeaway from, from this book and this conversation. That's really touching. Um, when I interview or have, you know, discussions with security folks, I often in those conversations by asking, you know, what gives you hope for the future? Uh, because the work that we do is is literally impossible and is becoming more impossible on a daily basis. Uh, but we still get up every day and continue to do it. Um, and I feel like the kind of public reception to this book is something that gives me hope for the future. Uh, genuine excitement from, um, you know, in- individuals who are, says men, because they, they really genuinely want to create more inclusive uh, teams and, and inclusive industry. Uh, the book is now, it, it's in the University of Massachusetts library. Um, and also the fact that many authors acknowledge that for the first time in their career, they feel like they have the space to acknowledge their identity in the workplace, which perhaps didn't exist for them earlier in career. 
Um, so I think it's it's kind of a product of a lot of positive change um, and perhaps could spark more positive change. And that is something that really gives me hope for the future. Yeah. And I, I want to just share my my opinion in, in what you just mean said before, which is that this change, it cannot just come on its own. We, we need to really work hard for this. And it's to be intentional decision that that we need to just not uh, talk, but, you know, as they say, walk that talk. And it, it pissed me off a lot because when we started a magazine, that was seven years ago, I was like, I can't believe that it's 2015 and we're still talking about this. And now it's 2022 and I can't believe it even less that we're still talking about this. But I also have to admit that because of the examples of people like you and the fact that you put yourself out there, write books, talk on podcasts, and, and really are a strong community in within the community that uh, I think we're starting to see this difference. So I welcome a million more books like this, and I hope that the other people will be inspired to to do so. So that's that's my take on this. We got to keep fighting and Maybe just mean go back to your original book uh, title. I was a little stronger, but you know I'm up <laughs> for that. <laughs> well, I, I guess I could be passively recruiting uh, authors to share <laughs> scorched earth stories of not so passive resistance in their organizations. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> sometimes passive resistance. It speaks the loudest. <laughs> it takes a little bit longer to through, but working within the structure can sometimes make it a stronger out. Um, has been my experience. So, you know, it's one of the, those things where, where the very first step on any of that is talking about it. And, um, you know, I think this book really lends voice to people who maybe haven't had the opportunity to share their stories. Yeah, we, we caught most of that, Meg. And, uh, We'll see if the platform picked up all of it for us when we, when we produce this. Um, but I think, uh, I guess to your to your final point there, Meg, is that there is no one silver bullet, no one way to do anything. And, and if there was, then we'd all be one similar, identical person. And uh, that would be super shitty. <laughs> so I, I love... Certainly would be boring. It. It certainly would yeah. be boring. I love the For kitty sure. that uh, Angela's holding up. <laughs> this is soup, and she also thinks that that would be super shitty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yes, Marco. Yes, I will be curious to to get the feedback from people that did read this book and really sure. know what it means for them. And Jasmine, you kind of mentioned you're, you're getting some feedback. I encourage people to comment on on this uh, podcast uh, when we publish it on social media. Get in touch with Angela and Meg and Jasmine here at any other author. So we'll share all that you want to share, all the resources you want to give us on top, of course, of the, the link to the book. And, uh, and we hope it's going to spark uh, a really, really lively conversation of people that really want to do something about it. And, um, and action. And action. And action. Oh, yeah, of course. That's uh, that's the point. <laughs> so, All right. Well, I want to I want to thank the three of you uh, for being here and the 
other 16 authors for uh, supporting you behind the scenes uh, for this conversation and, and for the creation of, of uh, your book. And I want to thank everybody for listening to this. Hopefully, hopefully you're sitting there thinking, how can you reinvent yourself in this world of cybersecurity? Um, and in the process, hopefully help help others around you do the same. So grab a copy of the book, connect with this amazing crew. Stay tuned for more redefining cybersecurity here on ITSP Magazine. Thanks, everybody. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. Asgardia by WSO2 is a developer-focused identity and access management solution. Offered as Identity as a Service, or IDAS, Asgardio by WSO2 creates seamless login experiences to your apps in minutes. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Security Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.